Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. I'm Marlene. And I'm Georgia. Welcome back, guys, to the Full Circle Podcast. Arlene, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, Georgia? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, last night we had our virtual Secret Santa with our friends, so that was a lot of fun um, Mm -hmm. seeing them for the first time in a a while, actually, because we're in lockdown right now, and so we Mm -hmm. can't meet up with anyone, can't Mm -hmm. see anyone, sadly, but... Yeah, how was that for you? Did you enjoy? Oh, yeah. No, it was really fun seeing everyone. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it was my first, like, virtual Secret Santa, too. Mm-hmm. Never done anything like this before. And, yeah, although it wasn't, like, the ideal situation, it was still right. a great way to end off the year. Yes. And just like that, 2020 <laughs> has come to an end. Crazy. Today, we're going to be reflecting on the past year, our personal highlights and what we've learned from it. And the whole silver lining of this whole situation, you know, the Mm -hmm. elephant in the room, the whole panty. I'm sure we're all hearing the same thing over and over again about how 2020 was really rough, but Mm -hmm. definitely an unforgettable year. But I also think um, many of us experienced growth in a lot of ways we never expected. And so with that, we'll be jumping right into our personal highlights of the year. Um, I'll start off and when I was reflecting and kind of looking at my photos to see the past year, I was surprised to see that there was actually a good amount of, like, it was pretty eventful considering the whole, you know, the whole 2020, but like looking back now, I realized there was a lot of things that I did and a lot of things that I learned and it's, it's refreshing to know that it was a, it was a good year, um, for me, fortunately. Mm. So I started off and I was on my year off from school and was working full time. But while working full time, I also managed um, a 15 new girls volleyball team. And I taught um, this cooking program at Thunderbird. And so it was my first experience of working with kids. And it really shows you another level of respect for teachers Mm -hmm. because how do you have the patience? (laughs) Like it was just so overwhelming it was fun though like it was honestly a breath of fresh air at times but 90 percent of the time it was like wow mad applause to (laughs) anyone who works with kids and I think it definitely taught me that I do not have the patience of working with kids and maybe it's something if I work on maybe it'll get better but as of right Mm now yeah scratching it off my list (laughs) I was gonna ask do you see yourself working with kids in the future Mm, no not at all (laughs) Not at all. Maybe for maybe older kids, because for me, um, working with the 15 new girls, so they're under 15, that was fun because obviously they were older and less of, and they were um, more easily influenced, I'd say. Like they'll follow what you say most times. Um, And they were older than the kids at Thunderbird, but. It was interesting, too, because all they would talk about is, like, high school drama, and (laughs) it's, like, that teen angst phase. Right. Um, So it was really interesting to see the contrast between the two age groups, and I think maybe just, like, working with younger kids requires Mm -hmm. a lot more patience. It does. And something I don't think I'll be able to do. (laughs) 
And it's also the way you interact with them too. Is right, way right. Than how you would interact <laughs> with teenagers. Oh my god! You want right. to balance that. I want to be respected by you, but also right. I want to relate to you and have and have you have fun too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so yeah. also I applaud you, Arlene, for working all those summer <laughs> camps because, geez, <gasps> I I I I don't know how you did it. I personally love kids, and I feel like I relate to them in a sense because, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really similar to them in okay, personality okay. wise. They're just so funny. Right. Yeah, they kind of take away mm. from your like old adult life and right. kind of remind you how it was like to be young again. Yeah. They don't really care about anything besides having fun. So as long as you can bring that to them, that's all they care mm. about. Yeah. That's what so. I hear from a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids um, are fun. Moving on, I went to the Rex Orange County concert, and I wasn't initially going to talk about this, but then I kind of realized that how concerts will never truly be the same, and it's so sad because it's such an underrated experience, and now I just have, like, mini concerts in my room with, like, the lights off and, like, headphones on on full blast, and it's, like, a full mood, but I just remember the feeling of being at a concert and being able to just, like, soak in the music, and it, I just, it's so sad how, like, a lot of performers, too, I can Mm -hmm. only imagine how hard it's hit them because it's their livelihood, right? Like, they live to perform, and Uh so taking that experience from them, I, I just can't imagine what that must be like, and so it's the same, it goes both ways with um concert goers too like Mm -hmm. that is such a a feeling that is like honestly really irreplaceable too and so yeah that was the concert i went to last year did you go to any concerts this year arlene oh not this year but i went to daniel caesar in november and i totally resonate with what you're talking about i feel like the artists itself themselves aren't Mm -hmm. able to interact with the audience and the audience Mm -hmm. isn't able to interact with the artist Mm -hmm. so missing that like concept of concerts is so yeah. so sad and now it's all virtual i mean yeah. i see a lot of artists having like online virtual concerts, concerts right right but it's I'm not sure the same it's not the same they're no. not getting the same reaction mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then i feel like the artist gets really hyped up from the audience too mm, yeah it's such like the energy yeah how they perform is kind of based off how the audience's reactions like, reacting that, to yeah. it it's all so sad. <gasps> sad. But hopefully one day we one will day. meet again. Right, right. We will meet again, <laughs> Daniel. Meet again. Daniel and Rex. <laughs> Rex. Um, yeah, moving on, I went to Montreal in, I think this was February, so kind of just mm. before COVID. Um, I went to officially move out of my apartment because the whole situation of how I decided to not go back to school was a bit messy, and I kind of left all my things there from... Um, like when I was for last there. So I think it was like maybe June of 2019 to February of this year, things were still there and I hadn't gotten the chance to move things back home. So I mm. went there to, you know, kind of say my final goodbyes and close mm. that chapter. And I think it was a really good timing too, because, you know, it was the very beginning. I had no idea it was going to be this big. Right. So yeah, that was, that was a fun time. That was the last time I flew and definitely took that for granted because mm-hmm. I just missed that plane and the whole experience as though it it's anxious at times it's definitely a feeling that I miss of being able to fly mm. 
it's okay yeah and then when i came back there was the the whole climate change movement was Mm -hmm. really big i remember i was at work and i work right beside the art gallery and that's where the um what's it called the gathering is what's the word for that like where the protest is is that yeah i think that was yeah the protest Mm -hmm. was at the art gallery yeah yeah yeah. it was at the art gallery and um greta thunberg was a speaker and i actually was able to Mm -hmm. see her from like a bird's eye view because our work is on the 14th floor and so it was interesting to kind of see it at a bird's eye view so yeah that happened in march that was nice to see um everyone come together but this is really random but i remember um on that day a coworker of mine came up to me and was essentially like build that pipeline because you know for reasons why you should like the economy and whatever and it was really interesting because i never had a friend or someone that i knew who was close to express kind of like that opposing opinion and Mm -hmm. it really did show me the divide and how your bubble is so real like if you're not exposed to these people who have differing opinions you kind of assume that everyone thinks like you Mm-hmm. And so that's why I also think it's really important to, you know, g- venture outside your bubble and yeah. to know that people all don't think like you because everyone's so different. Right. So, yeah. And you might learn a thing or two about their exactly. opinions too, although they might be different than yours. Right. You might actually gain something valuable. Right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely really interesting because I always thought she was a great person. And that's not to say she's not a great person because she has this differing opinion. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, it was nice to see um, the world come together with the whole climate change movement. Although there is a lot of work to be done, it's nice to Mm -hmm. see people finally acknowledge climate change, Um, even though it's always a thing, but a good step, I'd say. Yeah. In addition to that kind of global movement, there was also the BLM movement. And while this is a whole episode on its own, I think it's really important to, you know, mention because, you know, it's been an a big problem and issue for so long but this year right. it is finally noticed and I think a lot of us mm-hmm. it's affected us or we're learning more about this every every day too and it's mm-hmm. become more prevalent in you know kind of the silent biases that we don't realize it mm-hmm. don't realize mm-hmm. um, and so with this there were a lot of protests worldwide there has been a lot mm-hmm. more social media awareness mm-hmm. you know questioning the education system right. companies and brands kind of doing things just for PR and the whole you know the the black square thing you know there's a lot of performative activism and so mm-hmm. there was just a lot and I think we're still learning and we're, we're always going to be learning right but yeah it, it's it's I feel like has definitely changed the or has affected the rest of the year and moving forward how we see these certain like justice systems and how we can learn a lot from it yeah I think we're slowly making systemic change in it too like I see my school starting to implement it into the curriculum Mm -hmm. with the Black Lives Matter movement and allowing us to learn more about social justice and why Mm -hmm. that's really important to learn and not just something to know but to actually understand right yeah Yeah. not just putting it in your bio but you know actually finding how it affects you in your day-to-day and seeing Mm -hmm. where you can make the change and your future career too right exactly yeah there's a lot more we can talk about about this topic, but mm-hmm. um, for the sake of this episode, we'll keep it to that. <laughs> yep. Um, and so for me, at the start of COVID, I became very obsessed with K-dramas, you know, like <laughs> the whole Korean phase I was never interested in. And if you know me, you know I was never really into that. 
But little did I know it would be the start of my spiral and the whole Korean wave now consumes my life. So that was at the very beginning of COVID. And, you know, I'm sure many of us had our own obsessions. You know, my parents and are, are now very into baking. They bake every Sunday, some pandisa for the week. Like it's just become that. a thing. <laughs> um, and there was also our friend group, our most of us, our birthdays are in the summer, so definitely mm-hmm. affected our earlier birthdays. So, mm-hmm. for example, one of our friends, Newton, we gave him a car parade. Like, it's so yeah. unique. Um, but, like, who would have thought? But it was it was a lot of fun. And looking back now, it was we adapted very well, and it, and it, yeah. it went pretty smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of the later birthdays were able to run even more smoothly because, you know, things were better during that time. Right. We were able to gather in Come bigger together. groups mm-hmm. and we went to Cultus Lake and went on a boat. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Shout out Angela. That was a really great birthday. <laughs> awesome birthday. Yeah. Arlene also had hers and she had a little game night or games and just good food things in the park yeah things in the park for me i never really pictured myself as like going to have a birthday in the Mm -hmm. park sort of thing but that was really awesome to get creative and just make the best out of the situation exactly because we couldn't really gather indoors as Mm -hmm. it was more dangerous so being out in the open was awesome just to get fresh air and yeah yeah it was good i like yeah Sadly, we weren't able to go to the club. Go to the club. I know. I 21 say. is such a <laughs> prime year for celebrating your birthday at the club. but Exactly. And soon. Vegas. Oh, Vegas yeah. We were actually planning on going <laughs> to Vegas in December because by that time, we would all be mm-hmm. 21. Mm-hmm. It was even in the Google calendars, guys. Yeah. That's when you know it's legit. <laughs> That's when you know it's real. Yeah. But maybe next year, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. And then in the summer, things got a lot better. There was a lot of nights of spike ball and just days at the park, just chilling. Mm, yeah. In June, I chopped off my hair and I, I got three tattoos in August. So I was yes. clearly going through something like you know, that's a meme. <laughs> Transformation. <But it's, laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was a much needed revamp. I felt mm. refreshed and new. Renewed. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Renewed for, for what? Who knows? <laughs> Um, and then I went to a different lake every Sunday with my family for like mm. two months. So that was actually so really, really, really fun. I got to spend more time with my family. Um, and when, that's one thing I love about living in Vancouver is the close proximity to nature right. um, while also being really close to the city too. So it was really mm-hmm. nice to spend time and kind of like in a way like solitude and feeling the peacefulness that is nature and just... Yes the vibes of mother nature you know (laughs) exactly i feel like we didn't really take advantage of that prior to quarantine exactly i think it was due to quarantine where we kind of we our options were more limited Mm -hmm. and so yeah the only place we could really gather was like big parks lakes, and things like that so it made me appreciate that more and made me recognize that we are surrounded by so much nature exactly yeah and even post quarantine i think we would still we will still continue to enjoy it mm-hmm. because we were able to be exposed to this sort of new change and right, yeah. we're just going to continue to exactly yeah by being kind of like confined to staying local we were you Mm -hmm. know forced to be more creative with what we already exactly yes 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 explore bc Um, hashtag explore bc oh yeah (laughs) 
Um, and then near the end of summer, um, I went to Whistler and I bungee jumped for the first time. So that was a lot of fun. Um, definitely next on the list is to skydive. But a lot of people say that skydiving is not as scary as bungee jumping. And I, I think I understand why is because for bungee jumping, like you have to physically push yourself to off versus with skydiving, you're skydiving with someone like yeah. obviously like someone else is doing like jumping off, but you're just there. Mm-hmm. But Next on the list is to skydive. Oh, well, hopefully. I'm so excited whenever that will happen. <laughs> um, and then I went camping with Arlene. So that was a lot of fun. It, how was that for you? Was That, that was kind of like the first camping or that kind of experience for you, wasn't it? Yeah. For me, in high school, I did have a few like Duke of Ed trips. And if right. you know what that is, is that you have to go camping, but um, you everything is on your back. So mm-hmm. you just drive to the parking lot and you have oh. to hike up for like 11 kilometers. It is so rough. It is so intense. And you have, oh gosh, my backpack was like half the size of me. Oh and I had to God. carry that on my back. Yeah. And, but you're just surrounded by just purely nature. There's no washrooms. It's not It's not mm-hmm. glamping at all. No. And so our camping trip this summer was kind of half-half. Mm-hmm. Like half glamping, half cam- actual camping. Yeah, it, it was... I'd say it was just like the family friendly camping. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I'd say there was a there was a porta potty there, mm-hmm. no shower. We weren't really able to swim, but we had you know cooked everything. You know the whole that yeah. that sort of camping we had, but not the hiking. That's for sure. That's a whole whole <laughs> that's other story. Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have cabins for our no, summer yeah. camping this year, but. Yeah, it was cool. I I liked it. I I don't really consider myself as a camping gal, but Mm. I think this is something I can get used to. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like the happy middle. It's not super extreme. Like, you're you're on top of the mountain. There's no civilization. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, we had like only five to ten minute drive and we were out to like gas stations and Mm -hmm. all that. Right. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Catch me more doing it. (laughs) (laughs) You can catch her peeing in the bushes in the future. (laughs) I guess she's now not afraid. (laughs) Yeah, that's another story to get into. Perhaps next episode, my experience of oh yeah, (laughs) excreting in the wild. (laughs) Oh man, that's what I love about camping. You were literally one with nature literally you have no choice (laughs) but to be one yeah exactly um moving on I also went to Kelowna that was my last trip um with my family and I actually dragged along my friend Lily so that was fun it was her she was like the adopted daughter for the weekend (laughs) 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 yeah so that was the summer I essentially wrapped off my year off from school and I think I definitely learned a lot. It's fair to say that I experienced the most growth this year. Obviously, you know, that's kind of what happens as you get older. But I think because of all these transition periods that I was able to learn a lot more um, this year specifically. And I think like at this age, like 18, 17 to like 22, 23 are such like, I don't know if pivotal is the right word or maybe not formative, but these years of our life are are so important and there's a lot that goes on that Mm. so it just kind of makes sense that we learned a lot this year and also to add on to the fact that 
there was a pandemic that went on and mm-hmm. kind of that whole like, I think also I forget that the whole pandemic thing is a thing because it doesn't really affect me personally and then the whole journey to starting at a new school I think was really weird because going from you know a top university like McGill to BCIT because the contrast between the university setting and the an institute like BCIT is really real um, and, and it's very prevalent too. Like I noticed uh, a stark contrast, but needless to say, I was able to adjust pretty well, but the kind of whole online learning environment really sucks. And we talk about this in that college dropouts episode, if you haven't listened yet, but it is what it is and you got to make do and I have three more semesters to go. So, Ooh. so do you, right? Uh, yes. That's what? so true. Oh my gosh. 2022. Totally three. Oh, because I have a practicum after. <laughs> oh, right, right. Ah, yes. Yes. we're getting there. But soon, yeah. Soon, also, soon. like most of us, I started taking on more hobbies. Mm-hmm. I don't think I actually had a hobby before COVID. Like, I don't even think I can remember a time I did something for fun, which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad. And that's on hustle culture. Oh, that's on hustle culture and not doing anything for fun. <laughs> um, like, like as I said at the beginning, like I was able to manage a volleyball team with my friend Kelly. And so that was fun mm-hmm. because I never really experienced that whole side. And it was all volunteers. So it was there was no money in it, but it was actually yeah. really interesting it to felt learn. Good to give back to, right? Yeah, in a way, it's giving back to the community, you know, that whole ish. Because <laughs> you haven't volunteered as much as you had in high school, right? Until yeah, when you exactly true. Volleyball, right? Yeah. yeah, and all of my other volunteer opportunities after high school were all related to school, mm-hmm. so it was interesting to do something that wasn't for school for once. Yeah, and the whole sure. like teaching at Thunderbird. That was a whole new experience, too. So it was definitely, definitely great to have, quote unquote, hobbies. So I also yeah. learned how to play the guitar mm-hmm. for a bit until my string broke mm. and I never got the chance to fix it. <laughs> um, I'm attempting. Will she be back? The guitarist, George. I just want to learn how to play all Daniel Caesar songs on oh, the guitar. Oh, so good. And then so, we can uh, have a singing episode, perhaps? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, <laughs> oh, maybe. She's just kidding. Shy. <laughs> Whoa, uh, just singing on the podcast isn't that just like a song isn't that just just being an artist <laughs> on spotify instead yeah. of a podcaster uh we'll see just kidding no you won't see unless <laughs> moving on <laughs> um i'm attempting to learn a new language which is korean mm. so that's interesting yes. because i get to see my progress and see like when I'm watching like videos or like dramas to see that I actually have learned these words and I know what they're saying what a concept (laughs) um so yeah the fact that I'm kind of doing things that aren't related to school specifically I think Mm. has done me a lot more good than I realized Mm. and it's so interesting because I never thought it would because I always was like if it doesn't help me move up the ladder then Then I don't want it it. exactly so yeah Yeah, I also sorry sorry. I was just gonna say it's been awesome witnessing Georgia learning more Korean because when we go (laughs) when we go out to eat she would actually be able to understand the menu I mean it's still in English regardless right 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 actually but who actually knows if she knows it or she's just (laughs) but it's it's still really cool you guys it's like wow and because 
the Korean language, the characters are very much not mm-hmm. English characters. Yeah, it's yeah. like, wow, the fact that you understand what lines and circles yeah. means is just mind-boggling <laughs> to me. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, it's definitely easier than you think. There's a lot mm-hmm. of resources out there. And I think that also just is because of the fact that it's become so popular around yeah, the world. Sure. Just the whole Korean culture. It's definitely mm-hmm. really easy. It's easier than you think to learn a language. But yeah, that's actually so funny because I'll say things like, this says bibimbap, but like under it'll literally say bibimbap. But I'm... <laughs> and we're like, ooh, bibimbap. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, guys, I learned that. So that's what it says if you didn't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, moving on to my last year's or this year's resolutions, I was reflecting back on them to see if, like, I accomplished most of them. And I'm not really a big, like, resolutions person, but it was just interesting because I actually accomplished a good amount, like, small things kind of, like, embracing my hair. I never Mm. really embraced my hair because I have naturally curly hair, and so I always wanted it to be straight. And if you knew me in high school or um, earlier, like, I would always straighten my hair or it would always be up because I never kind of knew how to take care of my curls. And so I'd say I'm, I'm, wor- I'm still working on a lot of these goals, but I've definitely started um, connecting more to my Filipino heritage. I think that mm-hmm. one has definitely been a big one, especially since I went to the Philippines in the summer of last year. So mm-hmm. kind of being exposed to that and actually being old enough to understand where my parents are from, I think mm-hmm. has definitely pushed me to learn more about where my parents are from and my bloodline. For sure. And then I also had on my list to start reading, and I feel like everybody has that on their list if you don't initially Mm -hmm. read. And while I can say that wasn't really accomplished, I can say that I have picked up a book for the first time in years, and it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think I mentioned this in the uh, money episode also, but I'm on the journey to finishing that book. And... The last resolution I want to share is eating more veggies. And I put this down every single year. And for the most part, I don't think I was able to achieve it. But this year, I think I was able to stick with it and have a more, let's say, colorful, balanced plate. Mm. And so, yeah, I have been eating my veggies and I don't think I'm longer anemic, too. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's so, so good. Yeah, that's that's all for me and my personal highlights. After reflecting, it definitely a lot more happened than I thought. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was my year. Yes, awesome. Yeah, very eventful for sure. And I mm-hmm. think it just goes to show that we focus a lot on the negative things. Like, for example, when we think of 2020, we just think of COVID and all the terrible things of that, mm-hmm. which not to discredit those terrible mm-hmm, things but sure. also a lot of good things came out of it exactly yeah as well but we'll get into that later mm-hmm. um yeah i'm gonna talk about my experience over the past year the first thing i have on my list is i achieved some new health and fitness goals so it was the start of january last year oh this year that i was diagnosed with pcos and i know it sounds really scary but <laughs> it's actually not as bad because one in ten women actually Develop. suffer with this oh. yeah um pcos stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome and how i found out about this actually was I always had irregular periods, like I would get 
periods every three months or so. Mm-hmm. Even when I first got my period, I didn't get it again until nine months later. So wow, that was kind of scary because nine months equals yeah, true, <laughs> true, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, I was like thirteen and nothing's going on. Right, right, then. right. I felt that I had to take matters into my own hands because I'm like, this is this might be a problem and. You know, as much as irregular periods are normal for women, mm-hmm. it might not be as well. So right. I booked an appointment to see my doctor, and she told me to get a ultrasound for my ovaries and also blood tests and all this other work to mm-hmm. try to figure out what's going on. And then, yeah, she said I had PCOS, and I was like, "Oh, what's that?" I learned that PCOS is basically when your eggs are all in your ovaries, but then、right. they just don't get released. Basically, every month an egg is supposed to come out, and that's how you get your period. But mine instead would just stay there, and so they're all accumulating. And when they accumulate, it can cause cysts in your ovaries, and that can lead to many bad things. So anyway, how you manage this is that. Um, you have to take care of your diet, and you have to make lifestyle changes. So that's I that I have been actively working on、mm-hmm. ever since、um, finding out I have PCOS. I experience some common symptoms such as irregular periods, high testosterone, which there's isn't really there's not many consequences of having high testosterone besides like having more manly features I guess like、mm-hmm. more body hair and I definitely notice I do have that so I have to like epilate more、mm-hmm. yeah and mood changes some things I haven't really experienced is acne balding trouble、mm-hmm. conceiving because I'm not there yet in my life <laughs>、uh, fatigue and weight、right. changes these are all very common for people who have PCOS but luckily I don't experience these ones.、Mm-hmm. Moving on to some other health and fitness goals, I got out of the mindset that lifting makes you big.、Mm-hmm. Before, I would be so scared to like lift any weights at the gym. I would only do straight cardio because right, I'm like,、right. I don't, I do not want to get muscular. I don't right, get right. Big. I just、mm-hmm. want to get lean. So anyway, I realized that lifting makes you so much stronger, and、right. so I started lifting, and I've been really happy with how it's making my body feel、mm-hmm. um, and look. You just look a lot more toned, and、right. I've been enjoying that instead、yeah. of just doing straight cardio at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to see something you enjoy to do too, and that you see the、mm-hmm. progress. Um,、right. kind of not immediately, but over time,、mm-hmm. and it's it's good to that you've like stuck with that goal and you've been able to see it through. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and also I've been、um, trying to drill in my mind that fueling your body. So it can do amazing things, and not really eating mm, to、right. gain weight. So in the past, I've always felt really guilty when I ate a lot,、um, but then this year I realized that eating allows me to do a lot of amazing things that I can do, and it fuels、right. your body. So you can run, hang out、mm-hmm. with your friends, <laughs> do work, and all this yes, stuff. And、glucose. it's not about exactly. It's not about. Oh, I'm scared to eat this chocolate because it's gonna make me gain weight. You know, right, chocolate's right. gonna make me happy, and I built over time a way better relationship with food,、mm-hmm. and this year even more so. So I'm very happy about that, and also I want to be able to have a good、um, mindset with yeah、right. mindset and relationship with food because I want to translate that onto my clients in the future.、Right. 
Another thing about this year is that I finally said goodbye to LFSUS. No, no but also, your baby, yes, my baby. <laughs> so if you guys didn't know, I was involved in LFSUS for the past three years, ever since starting my university career. Um, and yeah, it was finally time for me to say goodbye. I felt like I did everything I could in with this organization, and I put my whole heart into it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was time for me to move on. It taught me so much about the university and how it runs behind the scenes. Right. I also further grew my relationships with the people that I worked with throughout the past three years. Mm-hmm. It also allowed me to connect with a bunch of other student leaders on campus. In the beginning, when I started with LFSUS, I only worked internally. I didn't work with any external leaders. But this past year, when I was president, I was able to connect with presidents from like the Faculty of Arts right. and Faculty yeah. of Science and all that stuff. So that was really cool to get their perspective on how they run mm-hmm. um, their undergraduate society and how I can bring back those things back to um, LFS. Mm-hmm. Yes, I also strengthened my communication skills with a bunch of faculty and staff, which was really awesome to get to know them more. And yeah, they're all just so knowledgeable and you can learn mm-hmm. so much from right. your professors and people that run the faculty. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. And overall, it was just such a loving experience and I would 10 out of 10 recommend yes. you join your undergrad society. I agree. Involved. Yeah, um, undergraduate society, like kind of those organizations are so nostalgic when you think back when you're done because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. such a it's plays such a big role in your life at the time. And then when you look mm-hmm. back, same with Key Club also. Yeah. When you look back, it's like, wow, that was such a good experience. Like I learned mm-hmm. so much. I will never probably get this experience in okay. my life again, mm-hmm. ever. So it's so rewarding. So I really, really do recommend. And when I look back on my experience too, it was just... Mm-hmm. Same things as Arlene mentioned, built a lot of skills, connected with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so it also builds your network too, if you're looking into yes. that. <laughs> if you're thinking about that. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was a good run. Mm-hmm. And after that, I started a new job um, because I had so much more time not being really focusing on extracurriculars. Now I'm like, now I need to save up, make some money, you know, <laughs> yeah. build that bank account. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I started a new job. Basically, at the start of COVID, um, all the community centers shut down, so only the emergency sites were open, so I got deployed to a new community center called Gathering Place, and I didn't even know this place existed, but (laughs) yeah, it's in downtown. At the start of COVID, it was part of the city's emergency plan. Um, Basically, we make, package, and sell $2 meals. They're really good meals, you guys. They're not just like... (laughs) They are really good meals. They look good. Yeah, like slob on a plate, but it's like actual wholesome meals, like a really good Caesar salad, a lasagna, (laughs) and a juice for only two bucks. It's so Mm -hmm. wholesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we do laundry too, showers, just shouting out my work out here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're aimed to help... Um, more so like the homeless population, mm-hmm. those are low income, single family, single parent families, things like that. But also we do have, 
wealthier Yale Town residents coming down to enjoy our yummy and wholesome meals. Um, <laughs> Are you getting because, paid to say this? Um, no, but I, <laughs> I would love Not to. sponsored. <laughs> Not yeah. sponsored, but would love to be sponsored. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we're kind of right in the middle between the homeless and also the really bougie Yale Town right, area. Right. So we kind of get a mixture of both um, mm-hmm. for our patrons. Yeah. But anyway, overall, it has been a very rewarding and eye-opening experience for me working with this type of population because I've never done so before. So Mm. it made me appreciate more of what I have because these people, they have so little, but they're still very happy. Mm. And yeah, it just reminded me to don't take things for granted. Right. Yeah. It's really great to see these initiatives come together during a time like this and for sure. To see if we put funding in the right places that, mm-hmm. you know, it can go towards something bigger than ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. This is all funded by the city, by the way. Right. So it's the city wanting to help the more vulnerable population right. during this difficult time. Yes. Um, yeah. In the summer, I went camping. I talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I also went to Whistler with my boyfriend on our I was gonna say one year two year anniversary (laughs) trip and it was really fun because I missed out on the Whistler trip with my friend so this was an opportunity for me to head up north Mm -hmm. to a local town and yeah it made me appreciate that there's so much surrounding us and that we don't really necessarily have to go far and to enjoy good things we have Whistler we have the island we have the Okanagan Mm -hmm. we are so lucky Vancouver is just in the middle of all the goods right right yeah yeah um, I talked about this so much throughout this season, but yeah, I started a new program. You didn't no way. know. I know, crazy. And yeah, dietetics, if this is the first time you're hearing this. Um, it was really interesting because they a lot of people advertised it as a close-knit program. You know, you get really close to your cohort, but mm-hmm. I didn't really get to experience that this year mm-hmm. due to the online format of the right. program. Same. Um Yeah, but hopefully next year we'll be able to grow closer because there's only 38 of us in our program. But it's been really nice, the things I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking forward to learning more about the dietetics industry. Ooh, she a professional. She a professional or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I also bought my first car off my mother. Thank you. Not individually but i had help from my mom Mm -hmm. i've been wanting a new car since august and she recognized that because every day she would come into my room i'm just on facebook marketplace seeing what's good (laughs) out there and she's like how about you just take my car and then Mm -hmm. um she gave it to me for a discount so i appreciate appreciate the family discount we love a family discount thank you to mama ann (laughs) (laughs) um right now my sister is visiting if you didn't know if you didn't listen to the living out of a suitcase slash living in (laughs) five countries in five years episode then you would know that she's back home for the holidays so yeah i've been spending time with her it's been nice because i haven't seen her since uh like around a year and a half ago Mm. so yeah it's been giving me flashbacks because we used to be so, <laughs> no, we're close still, but we used to be in very close proximity <laughs> yeah, physically, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I haven't had that in a really long time, so it's reminding me how it was like right. when we were growing up and always having her around, so mm-hmm. good times. 
pros and cons if you're listening oh (laughs) (laughs) Oh. um another big thing that happened was the u.s elections so we said bye to mr trump and we elected yeah bye-bye um joe biden we We. also elected (laughs) we canada obviously (laughs) Uh, no the americanos down down there down south (laughs) They also elected their first ever female black Asian American vice president, so claps to that. As well as they elected more trans people and women into the government, so that's been very awesome to see a representation of many different people besides just white male. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. White male species. To sum it up, it was a very unexpected year. I didn't really expect to have a new job. I didn't expect mm-hmm. COVID, to say the least. Right. Um, I didn't expect that me not getting my periods every month meant I had PCOS. Mm-hmm. All these things, but it taught me a lot of valuable things that I would have not learned otherwise. Right. So thank you, 2020, <laughs> for the experience. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. <laughs> yeah. So... In terms of more kind of global movements and, you know, things that are kind of more relevant around the world, there was the most recently the Philippines typhoon. And Mm -hmm. luckily, my family um, in the Philippines weren't heavily affected because, you know, sadly, this isn't this is nothing new. You know, typhoons happen every year. There's typhoon season for a reason. right? Right. But one thing I learned from this is to kind of stop glorifying resiliency and to kind of hold the people in power accountable. And I I saw this all over Instagram too, but there's kind of this narrative that, you know, Filipinos are extremely resilient and that we should definitely applaud them. And while yes, this is correct, but, you know, they shouldn't have to carry, you know, the burden of being resilient and, you know, the leaders of the Philippines shouldn't have to rely on, the people on having them be resilient in such an extreme time, you know? And so you kind of have to question who's, you know, putting them in this position to have to be resilient in the first, in the first place. So that was kind of the big message that I learned about the typhoons because, you know, these people can't focus on prospering because Mm. they're so focused on surviving. And Mm. that definitely made me think of how countries all have different priorities. And this kind of goes back to what Brenda was saying in the last episode about Mm -hmm. different countries have different priorities. And Mm. yeah, that that's what I, that's a big takeaway from that whole um, scenario. But thankfully my distant relatives in the Philippines are all Mm. doing well. So I'm very grateful for that. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that happened this year is moths. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Moths? That's so <laughs> random. But this is really what the year was like, you guys. So true. random. <laughs> so Everything true. was so random. Um, Very true. Yeah we, didn't, yeah, we didn't really expect it. It was just, it came out of nowhere and we were looking outside and we're like, what are all these things yeah, flying out? By the lights. <laughs> by right, the lights. Right. What are they doing? <laughs> but it turns out it's a thing that happens every 10 to 20 years. Mm. Um, moths. Yeah, we love moss. Now they're gone, though. Although they did say it was going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm, it was they, be, it yeah. didn't last for a while, so they lied to us. Yeah, but is I don't know. Is it a good thing? Yeah. It's good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good Bye. that they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room growing through a pandemic. You know, it was definitely a rough year for sure. And I'm sure we've all heard this countless times, but there was definitely a lot of loss and just overall a lot of unfortunate events that kind of arose during the pandemic. But as we've been told, we should look at the silver lining. You know, we now cherish things like, you know, social interactions that maybe we once took for granted before. And so it definitely felt like the universe said we had to slow down and kind of, you know, just bask in the moment because the world was moving so fast before. Mm -hmm. And so as we've heard countless, countless times, we're going to come out of this stronger. We're a team and that we're in this together. (laughs) As cliche as it sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of pros of COVID um, and also a lot of downsides. You know, a lot of people died, a lot of people Mm -hmm. got sick and all these things. There is a silver lining in this. There's pros of COVID, including that the world came together while staying apart. There are a lot of initiatives that were created due to COVID, for Mm -hmm. example, giving meals to people that need it, discounts to frontline workers and essential workers. Mm, Yes, yes. But then also did all these companies do it for the PR or is it oh. from the heart is my question. Good I question. don't know. Yeah. Cause I felt like there was a lot of companies that did it at first and then even more kind of hopped onto the bandwagon right. after. Mm. So it leaves me wondering if they're just doing it just because everyone else is doing it. Or right. Do they, also, do they actually care? Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. That's definitely the jumping on the bandwagon is definitely a big a big thing and I think it what goes back to the performative activism and kind of For just sure. you know you you put a black square up there or you you say a certain message and you that's all that you have to do when yeah. in reality if you don't do anything if you don't look deep down into what your company values are and the things that you might do that actually are doing more bad than good then if you don't fix that then that's all fake you're lying yeah it's a lie, <laughs> for sure. I can go off on this, but right, maybe another yeah. episode. <laughs> True. <laughs> like, yeah, how, sure, you're checking off this part of, like, the list, but you're mm-hmm. also neglecting one other, like, another right. thing, right? Yeah. Anyway, another rant for another time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we learned to appreciate the essential and frontline workers. I think mm-hmm. right. Pre-COVID, we didn't really acknowledge that truck drivers, custodians, grocery stockers, farm workers, etc. were doing so much to keep our society alive mm-hmm. and keep it running smoothly. Right. But it wasn't until COVID that we were finally acknowledging the hard work of these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at 7 o'clock every night yes. that we would give them an applaud. And I think that's honestly the least that we can do there's so much more that we can do to support these people Mm -hmm. give them more funding all this stuff at government at government (laughs) (laughs) at 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 government yeah Um, Yeah. the 7 p.m plot was really very heartwarming too like the first mm -hmm. time i um because where we live it's kind of hard to hear how loud it can be um so the first time i heard it really loud was when i was at science world i think at 7 p.m and that's like Mm. you know a lot of um high rises a lot of condos and buildings so the sound is coming from yeah and there's a lot more people who are coming out Mm -hmm. and so when i first heard it like all over it was just so crazy to think that 
we were all coming together at one time to you know thank and applaud all these people so it was definitely a heartwarming moment and it's definitely died down for sure but it was glad to i'm glad to know that it, it lasted a while too for sure me too also another good thing is that co2 emissions declined significantly and also the cost of renewable energy such as solar power wind power declined too so mm-hmm. that's awesome there was a huge decrease in air pollution during quarantine because a lot of people weren't driving their cars anymore right um i saw online that la and china the smog went away in the for the first time in many years and they mm-hmm. saw um, blue sky for once so that was so awesome so yeah. awesome it just goes to show that we don't need to do much in order to see significant change so hopefully in the future we can take action to yeah learn allow, from this yeah learn from this and oh sadly because of the whole gender reveal party and all that it manifested into a lot of forest fires and mm. a lot of forest fires in general including australia So that was really sad. There's no silver lining there. (laughs) No. Sadly, Uh, climate change. Sad climate change. Um, But something to look forward to in 2021 is the vaccine. So we'll see where that goes. To wrap it up, the year 2020 turned out to be a very difficult year to love for sure. But still, really good things happened like we mentioned. I think finding the silver lining in this year is how we made it through these rough past 12 months. With that being said, we wish everybody a safe and happy new year. Thank you so much for coming along on this passion project of Georgia and I's. We really appreciate all the support and sweet messages we have been receiving from you. So yeah, we're really excited to continue to release more episodes with authentic conversations and invite new guests in the upcoming year. So yeah, we hope you'll be there to join us and, um, I know it kind of sounds like this is the last episode of the season, <laughs> but we'll actually catch you in a few days with our last episode being a Q&A episode. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Bye. Bye.